Welcome to DePaul Download. I'm your host, Linda Blakely, Vice President of University Marketing and Communications. Racial and ethnic diversity within the science, technology, engineering, and math fields remains low. A National Science Foundation survey found that in 2016, scholars who identified as Black or African American were awarded just 6% of all doctorates in life sciences and less than 3% in physical and earth sciences. Now, in the midst of the country's ongoing dialogue around race, many scientists and researchers of color are sharing their personal stories of harassment and raising concerns about a lack of equity and diversity in the field. Dr. Bala Chaudhry, Assistant Professor and Environmental Scientist in DePaul's College of Science and Health, is helping to tackle this complex issue. She collaborated with a fellow researcher of color to pen the academic paper, 10 Simple Rules for Building an Anti-Racist Lab. Dr. Chaudhry, thank you so much for joining me today. And congratulations on your paper's publications in PLOS Computational Biology. Thank you, and thanks for having me today. You wrote 10 Simple Rules for Building an Anti-Racist Lab with a colleague of yours. Can you share how this idea came about? So for several years now, I have been involved in research that examines the reason why racial and ethnic diversity is so low in my own field of ecology and the environmental sciences. The events of May 2020 that included racist violence and the murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor resulted in an uprising against systemic racism that scientists really sat up and paid attention to. It was at that time that colleagues began reaching out to me to learn more about what they could do in their own labs. And then on June 10th, Black scientists initiated a global strike to shut down STEM and encourage colleagues to think about anti-racism and reflect on plans of action. So it was at that time that I teamed up with my colleague, Azmerit Asefa Berhe, who is a professor at UC Merced, to write this paper. So if you could, what are the top three rules for building an anti-racist lab? I would say the most important rule to begin with is to address racism in lab and field safety guidelines. This is a issue that affects the very safety of lab members right now. And so addressing the potential for racist violence of trainees and staff is something that should happen immediately. The next most important rule would be to publish papers and write grants with Black, Indigenous, and people of color who are colleagues. Papers and grants are the sign of success and career longevity in our field. And, um, Research is increasingly done in teams, but these teams can be insular. And so we have to seriously examine who we collaborate with. And then finally, I would say it's important to advocate for racially diverse leadership in science, that it's time for change to really come from the top down. Okay, so let me take a step back. 
How did you formulate the rules? I was invited to present to colleagues on some of my research on racial and ethnic diversity in, in ecology. And I took that time to try to educate colleagues about the common mistakes that many scientists make when they are beginners to working on anti-racism in STEM. So I, I laid out the don'ts. And then I thought, well, in addition to laying out the don'ts, let's lay out the do's. And what do we really want scientists to undertake when they start off as beginners in promoting anti-racist STEM policies? Was there a particular audience you had in mind while writing this paper? We were especially interested in speaking to primary investigators or PIs and group leaders in science. So oftentimes diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts are initiated by undergraduate students or graduate students but it really needs to come from faculty and administrators in order to promote accountability and actions. One particular quote from your paper resonated with me. It says, building a lab that is anti-racist is very different from building a lab that simply avoids racism. Can you talk a little bit about what makes these two very different? Sure, the science has been interested increasingly in promoting health and well-being and support in lab groups. And we support all of that, but building an anti-racist lab goes beyond that. It goes beyond being kind, treating people equally, or taking a colorblind approach. Being anti-racist means creating anti-racist policies, through serious introspection and action about personal biases and where those exist in our science structures. Even before the paper was published, the scientific community was very excited that you were tackling this topic. What have you heard from your colleagues? What did you think of their response? My co-author and I have been truly overwhelmed with the response to our paper. We posted the, the paper as a preprint online, and it has had almost 7,000 downloads at this point, which is just amazing to us. For scientists who work in racial and ethnic diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, this is new. I'm used to talking about racism and promoting racial equity in science and being met with a lot of silence and some cringes. And so it really feels different this time. It really feels like the science community is interested in engaging in meaningful ways. Just for a bit of additional clarity, can you cite an example or two of racist practices in university labs today? The racism that we see in science isn't always overt. It can exist with covert examples. So a couple examples is many times labs are interested in engaging underrepresented groups in supporting roles or in subjugative roles. 
and not necessarily engaging with Black, Indigenous, and people of color as colleagues or involving them in all processes of science. Another example is how Black and Brown scientists tend to be targeted in science spaces or considered not necessarily belonging. So if a Black or Brown scientist has to access lab spaces or greenhouse spaces after hours, they may be questioned by campus security or even by other scientists um, as to whether or not they belong in that science space. Creating that sense of belonging is so important, so very important. So what are some of the benefits of creating an anti-racist lab and who will benefit from these changes? That's a really good question. And I think it's central to the paper because everyone benefits from increasing racial and ethnic diversity in science. Study after study shows that the science is better, more innovative, more creative when the diversity of the science team is higher. So it's not just underrepresented groups that will benefit, everyone in science will benefit from increasing diversity and equity. So how can the rules be implemented in labs? Well, the first rule centers around talking about race. And I've been really encouraged to hear from many scientists that have used our paper as a guide to the first conversation that they hold in their own lab group about racism in science and ways to achieve better racial equity and inclusion. Beyond lab groups, I think the paper can also serve as a guide to educational programs at the department level or higher at the college level. And I'm involved in efforts in my environmental science department DEI committee and also through the College of Science and Health DEI committee to figure out ways that we can implement some of these measures at DePaul. So to sum up, what can scientists and people in STEM do right now to create anti-racist environments? Well, I would say there are two main ways. First is to recognize and learn about the historic and contemporary behaviors and structures of racism that permeate all scientific disciplines, all sciences have experienced this in their history and continue to experience it to this day. And then the second is to recognize that there really are simple steps. You know, instead of throwing up our hands and saying, well, it's too big, what can I do? There are a lot of things that we individually can do and that we as science leaders can do to advocate for anti-racist actions in our groups if we want to. Thank you, Dr. Chaudhry. And thank you for your efforts to create safer and more diverse and equitable spaces for marginalized communities. Thank you for helping to share this message. Visit the DePaul Download website to learn more about Professor Chaudhry's efforts and to read the paper, 10 Simple Rules for Building an Anti-Racist Lab. I'm Linda Blakely, 
Thank you for listening to another episode of DePaul Download, presented by DePaul's Division of University Marketing and Communications.